0: Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Coming up on the program, it is our LGBTQ panel tonight. We're going to discuss the biggest stories in LGBTQ of 2019, some of the power in politics, pop culture, sexual health. We'll also talk about the government ad running on the airwaves to support diversity. We'll talk about that coming up after ten fifteen. But first...
1: Calling's not the only way to connect. The inbox is easy and always open at five one four eight hundred. 514 800
0: all right, let me answer some of your questions. Uh, you know, you can send them to me by email as well to laurie at drori.com, or you can uh, text in right here, right now at 514 800 I'm a 50-year-old male, just started taking 20, 20 milligrams of Celexa. My libido is somewhat diminished, but livable. It seems that Celexa is causing me erectile difficulties. What is the course of action for people on Celexa or similar drugs? So Celexa basically is an antidepressant and uh, unfortunately they don't tell you right when you when your doctor prescribes it they don't say by the way these are gonna be the sexual side effects because I guess they may be afraid that people will say no to the the medication which could help with their depression and what have you but I believe we have every right to to know this information and uh, at the very least from the pharmacist who should tell us this right so what do people usually do a uh, couple of things. You can speak to your doctor and you can ask about adding, uh, sometimes adding another medication called Welbutrin seems to help um, kind of uh, counterbalance the, the sexual side effects. So that's a possibility. The other possibility is uh, for the erectile dysfunction to take an ED drug like Cialis or, uh, or Viagra. If you don't want to go the drug route, then I would say you can use a penile pump, so you can get those at any uh, any sex shop, let's say, and it's a cylinder. You put your penis in it, and you pump. Uh, there's a little pumping action and it draws the blood into your penis. And then you uh, wear a ring at the base of your penis, at, which traps the blood in there. And then you have your erection to be used for like 20 minutes. You have to take the ring off at, after about 20 minutes or so. So that's a, a possibility. Those are the um, really the only things that... Uh, that exists. So, just for people uh, to be in the know, antidepressants or SSRI's do have sexual side effects, and it could be it's not it doesn't affect everybody in the same way, but at all levels of the sexual response cycle. So, at the uh, arousal level, meaning the difficulty with erection, um, at the lib- at the um, desire level, so uh, in terms of uh, libido, and the. Uh, the erection and the orgasm as well. So it does for many men delay and women to uh, delay orgasm or just not having uh, any ability to, to do that. Actually, somebody says, do you have the medical expertise to give this advice concerning psychotropic drugs, Dr. Laurie? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I can tell you that as a psychologist, a clinical psychologist who deals with mental health issues, uh, that I've spent, I probably have more knowledge on psychotropic drugs than your average GP, uh, oftentimes I uh, consult with the doctors where I, I tell the, the patient, this is my diagnosis. Uh, we as clinical psychologists, we are qualified to diagnose mental illness and uh, and we are also aware of all the many of the medications that are out there and the side effects because we treat the client. So the client is on, the patient is on medication, gets put on medication by a GP or a psychiatrist, and we treat with therapy so we're able to see what the, uh, the side effects are, et cetera. So, and in some places, um, clinical psychologists can actually prescribe psychotropic uh, drugs, not in this province, but in other places uh, they can. So um, that's my qualifications uh, for this. Uh, it's not that I know everything, but I certainly know enough. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. Your thoughts on porn, good or bad? Well, that's a huge question. We could do a, an entire show on pornography. I think porn has its place. I don't think it's all bad or all good. I think uh, oftentimes pornography itself has been seen as the big bad thing. Thing, uh, or you know, some people have called it a, a major epidemic, or things like that. Um, the The reality is that it's amazing how many people actually watch porn. Uh, to go and say that all porn is problematic is a big stretch. About one percent of porn watchers are what we would call. Uh, addicts or who people who have a problem with pornography and where it really interferes with their lives but this is not true of the billions of people who actually uh watch porn i mean on on one site alone a hundred million views a day like a hundred million a day uh, people are are on there at any given time. That, like, that's a lot of people watching porn. And um, about 32% of those watchers are actually women now. So if young people turn to porn, this is where it's bad for me, where when young people turn to porn, because they have no other uh, education about sex and teenagers children are naturally curious and we don't give them the information they will turn to whatever is available and unfortunately it is very readily available at one time you had to really search for it now mm-mm, on your phone anywhere right uh, and so kids will turn to that thinking that oh this is what sex is like if you don't tell them that this is fantasy and this is all like it's not real per se and you don't give them all the real information about uh, sexuality and and sexual health and they think that's how it it all happens in uh, real life so at that in that respect it does cause uh, a problem for sure. Uh, couples can use porn to, uh, spice up their sex lives. Like there's, there's space for it as well in, uh, in couples. So it's not all bad and certainly not all good, but so can't just make one blanket statement. Uh, let's see. Last uh, question. Hi, trying to get pregnant. Is it dangerous to try, uh, in quotation marks, several days in a row or uh, wait 72 hours after each session. So I'm, I'm not a gynecologist. I'm just going to put it out there. Um I can only tell you what's been told to me by uh, by gynecologist obstetrician because I happened when many many years ago had struggled a little bit with uh, infertility and I can tell you what was told to me was uh, you not ha- not having sex every day but every second day that the uh, around your ovulation time so in it, within let's say you're You ovulate on day 14, so you would have sex, say, on day 10, 12, 14, and 16, something like that, within that window. Um, And I think I remember being told every second day uh, because then the sperm, there would be more sperm and it would be stronger. So uh, that would be the the answer to that. If anybody else is listening and has other uh, things they want to input on, then I would be uh, very happy to hear. So coming up, there's a couple of things I want to talk about, and we'll play this, uh, the ad soon. Uh, the government ad, I'm sure you've probably heard it. If you haven't, you'll hear it uh, coming up soon. Uh, the ad running on the airwaves to support diversity. I want to know how you feel about that. Uh, we'll talk about that. Plus, uh, some Weird things happening in the states, like being able to sue if a trans person is in the bathroom where when you are at a school, which is crazy. And lots of stuff in politics, like uh, the first openly gay Muslim MP. Uh, has been elected in uh, in the UK. So that's something that's uh, very interesting. And, and lots more stories to share with you, plus the top stories, the biggest stories in LGBTQ news of 2019. That's all coming up when our LGBTQ panel uh, comes up with us. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Lots to discuss tonight with uh, my panelists, our LGBTQ panel. Love this panel. Once a month we get together and we kind of dispel myths, talk about some of the issues surrounding the LGBTQ community. And uh, if you have uh, something to say or want to share with us, you can at 514-800. Joining me in studio is Jean Silbriere. He He's the executive director of AIDS Community Care Montreal, along with David Hawkins, who is the director of the West Island LGBTQ2 plus center. How are you, gentlemen? Good evening. Yeah. Doing pretty well. Thank you for having us. It's always a pleasure. So, what's going on? Uh, I wanted to just touch base first. Let, let's do a little uh, overview of, of the year. What were some of the bigger stories that you... Uh, sure. Yeah. What happened in Canada?
2: Um, one of the interesting developments that we had um, with our federal government is that they offered trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming folks the option to indicate X as their gender... That was this um, year. ...on mm-hmm. their government IDs. So it's uh, I think Canada became the 10th country to allow that in the world. Okay. Um, there are pros and cons to that. I mean, if you decide to put X and you go into a country where it's not that welcoming, no. there are different... <laughs> Uh, pros and cons you want to said. think
0: about that right? I, I know mm-hmm. that you want to it's great that we have we can exercise our right to be diverse and acceptance all that but it's on a passport yes yeah. so you are you know if you do plan to travel around the world you may get stopped and somebody says well what what's this you know and, and maybe
2: and oftentimes people forget that going into a country is not a right but a privilege, and that's mm. why there are customs. That's why you go through customs. They verify things, and they can say no to you for any given reason, and you can't get mad at them and sue them. And you know,
0: <laughs> you can't scream, uh, "Oh, you're discriminating against me."
2: Because I did um, think of, "Oh, what if I do decide to put that X on the the gender line in my passport?" And I was like, "Well." what types of obstacles will I encounter traveling, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a question that is experienced by gender, um, non-conforming, non-binary and trans folks on a day-to-day basis. Right. But as a cisgender individual like myself, I'm like, do I want to step into that? Mm-hmm. Um, other other things to happen this year because yes. lots of things went on um the restrictions on the blood donations for men who have sex with men were reduced by the federal government there was this ridiculous amount of time where we had to be celibate now it's only three months yay <laughs> so no sex for three months <laughs> uh, and then
0: you can give blood and
2: then you can give blood and
0: the straight community Ugh, you can have sex yesterday no problems okay. it's all
2: based in discriminatory uh, views uh, vis-a-vis men who have sex with men vis-a-vis queer populations gay populations and one of the things um that people are saying the trudeau government has committed to eradicating the blood ban and that's really important because even now once that gets eradicated for gay men or men who have sex with men there is still just discrimination vis-a-vis acb population so african caribbean and black populations because mm-hmm. they'll still have um restrictions because they're from the caribbean and africa exactly and
0: because there's the higher rates Yes, of of uh, HIV, there, etc. But does not make an assumption. So, if you're a straight guy or woman, you can give blood no problem nobody's asking you about your condom use or what have you but so and then they just assume that gay men are not or men who have sex with men are not using condoms
2: exactly they just assume it and they think that you're going to pass on the virus and because there's this history of um, homosexuals Haitians hemophiliacs and heroin users those the four H's Mm -hmm. within the history of HIV and AIDS epidemic Um, there's just a lot of discrimination associated to it and the blood ban is one of um, the remaining discriminations that exist this within Hmm. our Canadian legislation. Let's keep working towards breaking that in 2020, folks. Yes, yes.
0: (laughs) And especially now with the medications, right? So even if it wouldn't even be transmittable, right? If, yes. If the person is on, on the medication. Exactly. So
2: folks that are considered undetectable, you might have heard this uh, out and about. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Mm-hmm. So when individuals are taking their meds as prescribed by their doctors and they go do their tests every three months and they have their follow-ups and they reach undetectability, that means that when you do a specific test, you barely can detect the HIV virus in the blood. That means it just it can't transmit. Scientifically speaking, if mm-hmm. they're on their meds and take them appropriately, they can't transmit the virus anymore, which is a very empowering and hopeful message for people living with HIV. They can have Sex lives, just mm-hmm. like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. yeah, lots of great things occurring.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. You bet, that's true. Um, actually, somebody says here if you ask a question, maybe you know this, Jean cille uh, sure. If you want to donate blood, do you actually have to state your sexuality? And what if you just lie?
2: So yes, people can lie. Um, it's not necessarily your sexuality that's requested, but it's um, if I'm not mistaken, it, it asks you whether or not you have had relations with a man. Um, or same-sex relations mm-hmm. with a man, so that's why we say the term MSM, men who have sex with men, because it encompasses people that identify as straight but that might be having sex mm-hmm. with men as well. That's right. So you have gays, bisexual, and MSM. GB- On MSM. the down
0: low. On as the they down call it, low, right? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we've all seen some of those. <laughs> I read a book once called "On the Down Low," and it really talked. It like it really opened my eyes to. Yeah just men who have sex with men but who oh, yeah. say they're who are who consider themselves straight and, and who fine. are married identify as and and straight are... if
2: you want to buddy <laughs> you still have <laughs> sex with men so you you can lie in your blood donation uh-huh. but like let's why let's, why would why? you right <laughs> let's just change it to make it that it doesn't discriminate instead of lying
0: yeah i i'm with you on uh, on that one um, I don't know. Do we have that commercially? Or did you find it? No. All right. We have to. We're, we're looking. We're looking. See, when you want to hear something, you can't <laughs> find it. But when you don't want to hear something, it keeps playing over and over and over again. Uh, we'll talk about it soon. Uh, so a couple of things that I, I found that I wanted to share with you. Um, and this is uh, for students. So for you, David, you know, you work with uh, a lot of students. You, you can tell me <laughs> how kids would react to this. But uh, a Kentucky uh, Republican uh, uh, guy, whatever, um, filed the Kentucky Student Privacy Act, so a Republican center, uh, a, trans- a transphobic bathroom bill listen to this, that would force transgender students in K through 12 schools to use restrooms, locker rooms, and shower rooms based on their sex assigned to them at birth. Policies such as these have found has have been found to increase rates of sexual assault against transgender students. Duh. According to the bill, any trans students who don't want to use a facility not matching their gender identity would be forced to use an alternate bathroom, shower, or locker room that no other students use. Okay, how many schools have such facilities? <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've ever been in extra, any Extra, extra. You have an extra locker room somewhere? I don't think so. Uh, and then uh, forcing um, trans students to use them creates an inconvenience and an unwelcoming atmosphere that hides and separates trans students' daily activities from others. The bill would also allow cis students to sue schools... Sue schools if they ever encounter a trans student in facilities that don't match the trans student's sex assigned birth. I'm sorry. I know. All i this and You're I mean, like you can't contain it. Can absurd.
2: you? It's completely absurd. Why do they keep wanting to go into the pants of these children? Like <laughs> well, leave them alone.
1: Yeah, it's it's called a privacy bill. Am I not mistaken? Like yeah, yeah. Clearly is, there's not. There's nothing private about this.
0: Well here, I'll tell you what it says, the bill says allowing students to use facilities matching their gender will create a, a significant, well, this is what's the response to that will create a significant potential for disruption in school activities and unsafe conditions and create potential embarrassment, shame, and psychological injury to students. It continues that schools have an obligation not to allow minors to be viewed in various states of undress by members of the opposite biological uh, sex. They introduced this legislation, by the way, in 2015, 2018. It failed both times. But now that uh, Senator uh, Republican uh, Senator Hale has reintroduced the legislation, um, obviously they're saying now it endangers the safety of other uh, trans students. I mean, it, it can lead to sexual assaults. Uh, for sure. And bullying, if those, could you imagine that you're a, you know, you, you are trans male and you go into a bathroom of your assigned gender? They're going to freak out because you, you look like a man.
1: But <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it's not even just trans people that would be affected. You look at anybody who's intersex, they're affected, they'd be affected by this as well. And, and so this is clearly supposed to be an attack on on trans people but at the same time it's going to affect a lot more than just trans people. And that's that's the terrifying thing is like it's again there's a there's another portion of the population that we're still not talking about in all of this.
2: And my favorite thing to remind people is that would you apply these types of rules, laws, proposals in an airplane bathroom? I just always turn back to Do you have a problem with the bathrooms and airplanes? No. (laughs) Okay, let's move on.
0: Right. They're not male and female. That's exactly true. Uh, This uh, text writes, I have a washroom like this in the school I I work in on the South Shore, a gender-neutral washroom. We had it installed last summer. Which I think, yes, if you don't want to use it, don't use it. But at least you have an option. It's to be able to have that Mm -hmm. option.
2: And the one thing I'd say for folks that are considering proposing it within their workplace, because sometimes I do um, corporate talks at different Mm -hmm, institutions mm -hmm. and they ask me questions, and I always remind them... If ever you decide to propose a gender neutral bathroom, do not put it right next to your gendered bathrooms because that automatically outs the person. And this has come from gender nonconforming folks, trans folks that say it's great that you're trying to do this. But the moment that you put it next to two other doors that are gendered, anyone that walks in there feels as though they're exposed to a certain extent. Mm -hmm, So the mm -hmm. suggestion is always if you're thinking about it, put it somewhere else where it's not contrasting with the two other Mm -hmm. doors. So don't put the three doors next to each other. That just think sense.
0: about it. Yeah, yeah, just think about it. Uh, so going back to the blood transfusions and the HIV, this texter wants to know, well, how many were infected with AIDS from blood transfusions? Have sex, no problem. Donating blood, not in favor. Know a gay man who is HIV positive and still has unprotected sex. But do you know if he's if he's on medication? That's what I want to know. Exactly. Their right.
2: undetectability, what their doctors are saying in terms of their um,
0: their Because lots of people uh, who are HIV, who are, are, HIV positive are on this medication. But having said that, there are still a portion, there's still a portion of the population that do not know they are HIV positive. A lot of folks
2: that transmit the virus um, end up transmitting it because they don't know their status. So, what's really important within the movement as well is not only to understand that undetectability exists, but also that people should know their status. Go get tested. Don't be afraid. Just go every three months. Just find Mm -hmm. out how you're doing, whether you're sexually active or not. Just go for it because yep. different um, diseases get transmitted
0: in different ways. So just stay on top mm-hmm. of your health. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so if you state that you do have sex with men, do they test the blood more rigorously? No, they don't allow you. Yeah, you can't. You yeah, can't. You're not, you are not can't. allowed. You just can't. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I find it interesting. Not too long ago, uh, Hema Quebec was running an ad saying that they were running very low on on some of the most important kinds of blood to mm. be able to do transfusions and what have you. And I just kind of opened up the comment bar, and all of the comments, all like three comments, mm-hmm. were all people saying, Well, you know, I would give blood, but I'm gay. Sorry.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think that's. And Hema Quebec actually went back and replied to those comments saying, Well, just because you're gay doesn't mean you can't give blood. It just means you have to wait six months because. Um, and they gave, they kind of listed off a bunch of reasons. And really it boiled down to this idea that uh, we as gay men, are more likely to transmit something like HIV and AIDS.
0: Right. Well, that's that's the whole thing, right? And, and just one last comment on the gender-neutral washroom that was installed in the South Shore. Uh oh, right next door. <laughs> well, <laughs> to the sorry. Oops. At least you have something to like, talk about at the oops. lunch break. That's right. <laughs> talk to uh, school council, right? Uh, coming up, uh, politics—the uh, world of politics in LGBTQ over uh, 2019. We'll uh, we'll do a little here in review. That. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Our LGBTQ panel in studio, jean Brière and David Hawkins, and before we get into more of the political stuff, well, this is politics, really, there's an ad running, can't quite located just now but there is an ad running on radio stations on major radio stations and it's uh at first like you're wondering what it's about but it's it's a diversity right you have this child who says can uh, i don't know what her name is uh Susie, come over and uh, can she stay for dinner and the dad says uh well uh Susie, why don't you call your mom and uh and check and see if it's okay and she says i don't have a mom I have two dads, and the uh, the father then goes, "Okay, well, call your dads," you know, something like that. Like just, and then it I'm not sure exactly what the the rest says, but I we did get on the CJD uh, Facebook page somebody who's like concerned with it, asking, "Why do you play the ad about diversity in Quebec?" You know, that is nonsense. I wish Quebec was open to diversity, and it's true. It kind of sounds. Like, we are hearing that on, on one end, and on the other end, what are we hearing, right? David, you had some good some thoughts about this.
1: I mean, I think first off, it was really interesting that we were talking about that in studio before the show. I know. And, and then, then 30 st- seconds later, that I message know. came up, which is great. i can
0: tell you, the phone's listening to me.
1: <laughs> I mean, hi, FBI? I don't know. Um, no, I mean, I I personally, as someone who is like of a marginalized community, I being gay, that kind of scares me because here they are, they're catering, saying like, well, if you're queer, if you're LGBTQ, you're welcoming Quebec. But then if you look at kind of um, the current government's track record, even in just the past couple of weeks or in the past couple of months, they've passed, they've tried to pass and they've tried to put through, and in some cases succeeded, putting through this legislation that actively discriminates against people of different faiths, of different ethnicities. And so really this ad is saying like, oh, we accept diversity. But again, only if you're white. And that's a problem.
0: Right. Well, and that's one text that says it ends with, and thank you for that. It This is today's Quebec. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, this is yeah. today's Quebec that we have kids who have two mommies or two daddies. But w- what about the rest yeah. of it? And um,
2: <laughs> just to remind folks that it wasn't, what, like a month, a month and a half ago, that the uh, Ministry of Immigration, Diversity and Inclusion was turned into the Ministry of Immigration uh, and, and yeah. Francisation. So they just took away, it was either the word inclusion or diversity was taken off, but obviously well, probably both. In-
1: inclusion was definitely taken out. They, and they wanted replaced to take both yeah. off.
2: But they put francisation, so it is very much of like a, a white rhetoric of, okay, we have diversity, but it's it's white diversity. So like white lesbians and white gay. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's not really diverse, is it? <laughs> I, I mean,
1: I'm, I'm coming from, I come from West Island and we are actively having conversations right now about how do we make our, Community in the West Island more diverse because we are very white, and that that is still well, it's a problem. white middle class? Yeah, so you're talking but about I the mean, the, yeah. the
0: area that you're in as well, the area that you service. And you and, know. and
1: like so, we're having this conversation on how to be more inclusive and more welcoming and more diverse, and truly respect that people are coming from all these different backgrounds. And and then to kind of get this ad on the radio is so. Counter to what a lot of people within this community are trying to trying to talk about, but it also highlights that like there are still a lot of issues around racism and different kinds of prejudice within the LGBTQ community that we still have to overcome.
0: Right. It just I, I think uh, this this person who wrote in kind of it makes sense, right? It's like it's hypocritical oh, in yeah. a way, oh, right? Yeah, it's like sure. why do we how how do we how can we say that when we've been beaten down with these other bills that uh, clearly are not for diversity. Is it just sexual diversity then? Yeah. That's you it. know, are we? Yeah.
2: You're allowed I... to walk in a parade. That's all you can do. <laughs> but only if you're white
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, not, and not have your head covered. I don't know. Um, somebody wants to know, good evening. I'd like to know if there was anything in the news this year about two spirit folks.
2: Oh, oh, we wow. actually were talk we about have a few that. things. Okay. Um, two interesting developments, one on our pop culture side. Okay. Um, that one being uh, an author, a poet, or a trans indigenous poet, sorry, rose above everyone else. Her name was Gwen Benoway, and she won the Governor General's Literary Award for Holy Wild. So she wrote, um, it's a piece that's both in English and, pardon me with the pronunciation, but Anishinaabawemowin. Mm -hmm. And it explores gender, sexuality, Mm -hmm. violence, colonialism, trauma, and love, and um, congratulations to an Indigenous trans mm-hmm. poet for winning a Governor General Amazing. Award. And the other thing was that, um, finally, two-spirit queer and trans folks were included in the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, um, uh, Women and Girls Report in Canada, um, a very, very sad report that came out this year that painted a very dark and a sobering picture of what's happening to Indigenous women, but it also acknowledged um, gender diversity within it. So for folks okay. that don't know um, two-spirit, we sometimes mention it, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes we get text messages asking what that means, Um, It's a term that we use, or uh, indigenous folks use, to identify with um, queerness within their communities. So, two-spirit is at the threshold of two doors. Masculinity, femininity, and um, it's existed for a while. It was here before colonialism. Um, same-sex marriage, in quotation marks, was always here. Um, we just scared it away with the French and the English, and then it came back. So it's back on trend.
0: And basically it's the it's the term that, well, like non-binary, yes, you know, yeah. is now mm-hmm. being used as the more common mm-hmm term but there's also that uh somebody texted in about the ad total bollocks the ad uh the government only put that out oh, the government only put that ad out to cover their ass it's okay to have two dads in quebec as long as you're pure laine francais what a slap in the face the ad is bill 21 is all you need to know about quebec it's pretty sad
2: I yep. detest purlaine as a term. I, I'm half French-Canadian. My dad is from Charlevoix my mother is Filipino-Muslim.
0: <laughs> so your father is purlaine. Is <laughs> my dad is purlaine. But I had
2: a teacher in elementary school that would always be like, oh, oh les purlaines dans la classe. And I'd be like, miss, so what am I? My dad is purlaine in quotation mm-hmm. mark. My mother is an immigrant Filipino-Muslim. Um, what am I? She's like, well, you're not like, how can I not be Pirlane? My whole dad's side of the family is. So I just never understood it. I would always debate her, and she hated me. Um, bonjour, madame. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're just one of those that, you know, don't fit anywhere. It's like, right? not fair. Why can't I be wool? It's cold in this country. <laughs> yeah, it's also not trying to understand what that's about, right? But it's true. It, I think a lot of people feel that way. They feel like... And, and Quebec is built on, Im- like, so many of us are immigrants, yeah. you know? And, Pure uh, lands are immigrants. Like, lands. Well, way back when, right? Yeah, from yeah. somewhere. Somebody comes from somewhere. But anyway, it is uh, it is kind of hypocritical. And uh, I think uh, as much as I liked it, like, I said, oh, that's good. Like, it's yeah. a, it was a really nice initiative. And I think if, for kids hearing it and kids are in the car and the it's ad an is playing. Yeah. It's Aww. like...
1: yeah.
0: Oh okay. Oh hey, my my friend too has two moms or hey, my friend too has two dads. Like yeah. it's connecting with with kids experiences now in school, yeah. so I think that's a a, a good thing.
1: I, I I adored it for like the first 3 seconds when I heard it. I was like, "Oh, this is amazing." And then they said like this is Quebec diverse. And then I was like, "Oh, yeah, this there's is the problem."
0: Quebec, right?
2: And what's interesting is that we're talking about something that's on the radio, right? And because it's associated to CAC In my mind, I'm just picturing it and I'm assuming that it's a young little white girl. But (laughs) it's on the radio, so it could be anything, but it's the association with our lovely government that just makes us say, "Eh, that's impossible. (laughs) <laughs> Amazing.
0: If we look at other political news, just uh, even in this just cu- last couple of weeks, the first, the world's first openly gay Muslim MP has been elected as part of Boris Johnson's new government. Inshallah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Imran Ahmad Khan made history when he was elected as an MP for Wakefield in Yorkshire on uh, Friday, having uh, beaten the incumbent MP by uh, over 3,300 votes. Uh, his election marks the first time that the Constituency has voted for a conservative politician since 1931. But wow. forget the the conservative politician. The fact that he's openly gay, yes. right? Like that's yeah. that's really big, right? Uh, but it, apparently the this uh, gay Muslim MP is now among 24 Tories who identify as LGBTQ. Elected. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The most out of any party. Labour has 18 and the SNP has 10. Um, LGBT people now make up 8% of the 650 MPs, which is a record for the UK, and it means that with a total of 52 out LGBT plus MPs, Westminster has become the gayest parliament in the world. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's
1: That's pretty (laughs) phenomenal.
0: (laughs) Pretty
2: amazing. I mean, it's pretty embarrassing then with our Canadian federal election where we Hmm. went from six out MPs to four, but hey, we still got some work to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I find it interesting. He's also the first Ahmadi ever to be elected to British Parliament as he belongs to the community of Ahmadiyya Muslims, a messianic movement originating in the Punjab. Oh, Punjab. Yeah, listen to what we learn. Love love my learning. Uh, Coming up, I want to talk also about uh, Argentina's president. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Justin Trudeau and what he's doing for the LGBT community and Finland's new prime minister. All have to do with politics and LGBTQ um, issues. Uh, with us, talking with us, is uh, our panel, our LGBTQ panel, Jean sylbrier Executive Director of AIDS Community Care Montreal, and David Hawkins, Director of the West Island LGBTQ2 Plus uh, Center. This is Passion on CJAD 800. We're doing a little review of uh, LGBTQ issues in the news of 2019. And also we were talking about the ad that's been playing on the radio from the government. This is today's Quebec. It ends uh, with... um, a dad, I think it's something. dad saying to his daughter, oh, um, Susie, does Susie want to stay for supper? And uh, Susie, why don't you call your mom? And Susie says, I don't know if her name is Susie, by the way, I don't remember. <laughs> and uh, she says, oh, I don't have a mom. And uh, and then she says, I have two, two dads. And so he said, oh, okay, well, you know, find out. Like, it was no big deal. And then it ends with, this is today's Quebec. So I would love to hear some of your comments and thoughts when you heard that. Add 514-800. In studio with us, Jean Silbriere, Executive Director of AIDS Community Care Montreal, David Hawkins, Director of the West Island LGBTQ2 Plus Center. Uh, so this texter writes, it's interesting that no one having these kids within same-sex marriages thinks about the kids. That is, if the kids would want two mommies or two daddies. I'm not homophobic at all, but I think it isn't fair to the kids to deprive them of a mother or father in these families. I don't care what the studies say, that they are well-adjusted. Would you like would you care to comment?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hear I'm not something but <laughs> it's yeah, an a interesting but. conversation. Right. Right, right, right. Um studies have shown that not only they're well adjusted, they're better adjusted. Wasn't that one of the yeah. research studies yeah. that were shown with same yeah. sex parenting? Mm-hmm. Um single parents, they exist. Children are functional, they're great. Look at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's the that's the thing, is that y- a parent can can divorce at a very young age Mm -hmm. a a parent can choose not you know may not be in the picture Mm -hmm. or you may have somebody may have gotten Mm -hmm. pregnant and and i don't know not known the father whatever it is right there's many many different scenarios here
2: and i think it's a question more so than of you need a father and a mother and a the picture. You, need love. you just need. It's a mix of love, yeah. but also just different forms of uh, parenting, and different forms of parenting are available within aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. friends, best mm-hmm. friends, cousins. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. To there me, are male it, figures. There are exactly. male father figures. Parental right. figures can be found in many different people, and it ju- it doesn't have to be biological. And. I don't agree if people right. think that mm-hmm. it has to be you have to have a man and you have to have a woman. Um, people have different uh, affinities, features, characteristics. I also yeah. know
0: a lot of people whose grandparents, for example, yes. were yeah. uh, very significant figures in their lives when they were raised yeah. by a, a single a single parent. So it wasn't a dad, but it was a grandfather, let's say, yeah. or not yeah. a mother, but a grandmother. Mm-hmm. who. Uh, so yeah. I think that's a stretch to, to say that nobody thinks about the children because these children you do have to look yeah. at the the research you do like, uh, uh, Yeah, you know if I can add yeah, in please, also David.
1: um I mean I as I as a gay man I never want to have my own kids but I would love to be able to foster kids mm-hmm. because there are a lot of kids who kind of need that that environment and I as either a single gay father or I in a in a, in a same sex couple I think I could provide a suitable I I think I could in provide an inviting environment Mm -hmm, and an accepting mm -hmm. and welcoming environment and i mean uh we're, we're kind of talking about politics tonight and one of the stories that we wanted to talk about was um the new prime minister of finland that's right and that that's kind of the perfect segue because she is one of the youngest world leaders, if not the youngest. She's the youngest, and, yeah, thirty-four. And yeah, and she was raised by a same-sex couple. Yeah, and so she I think this is like mothers. the perfect discussion to segue into that.
0: Yeah, and and yeah. I think uh, you're absolutely right. She is. Uh, she was picked by her party to to be the prime minister of Finland, making her the youngest leader of a government in the world yes. in the world and she was raised by uh, two moms actually she said that uh, she was born in 85 she said that the topic of homosexuality was taboo when she was growing up and not feeling free to discuss her she called it her rainbow family oh, I love that lovely. Uh, <laughs> made her feel invisible at school because she couldn't mm. uh, talk about that uh, that was that was something that couldn't be discussed she was uh, saying the silence was the hardest the invisibility made made me feel inferior. We were not recognized as a true family or equal with others. But she said she did not face uh, any uh, bullying. But again, he, what do you, you know, here you have someone who is uh, clearly you know, adjusted enough that she can run a country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes back to
2: folks that want to foster same sex couples, particularly men that want to foster, they have to go s- through such an extensive process of vetting their finances. They measure your rooms. They check your relationship with your parents, they check your parenting styles. I know my Way partner more. and I did all of these questions in oh, forms. Yeah. So I know that it takes That's dozens right. and dozens of pages. And for straight couples to have to go through this, Nada. I don't think many of you would have kids right now. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Could you fair imagine fair. if we all had to do those tests before oh before you were God. allowed to conceive?
2: And it's like forty-eight hours of psych- psychological assessments to right. see Just are to you somebody. able to foster a child and yeah. have a child and provide them with the support that their straight family wasn't able to do,
1: or for adoption.
0: Yes. Yeah. Internal
1: screaming. Like. <laughs> ah. No, no, it's true.
0: I mean, it it uh, makes perfect sense. Then somebody texts in in caps like, "Can a man teach a daughter what she needs to learn about herself as a girl and a woman?" Why not? Can a man not do the sex education? Can a man yeah. not talk about periods? Can a and... men not read? <laughs> <Can a> man...
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. And there are yeah. usually other female yeah. figures. Figures
2: around, well, yeah.
1: I, I, you know? I mean yeah, I I mean I I'll use a couple of my, my good friends growing up. They lost their father at a very young age. So are we saying that uh, their mom, who is very capable and has raised them to be wonderful people, um, was she not capable of raising them, uh, teaching them that like what men need to know? Uh, she did a phenomenal job of them. They are some of there the most well-adjusted, respectful, wonderful people I've ever met. And they were raised by a single mom. So I think... I mean... I just have so many opinions and we've got not that long left. So it's it's, it's well, a challenge.
0: Yes. Well, let me uh, share a couple of texts then uh, about the ad. Uh, when I first heard the ad, I said, wow, impressive. Then the ad said, Quebec and diversity. I remember looking at the radio and saying, jeez make up your mind I love that jeez make up your mind Uh, but another text says don't forget to mention that the father is also a stay at home father which it's true I I didn't realize that it was the father who was saying oh Mm -hmm. sweetheart call your mom right it was like he was making the plans and that's usually like a you know, mommy thing. Uh, Dr. Laurie. the way I see it and have lived it, heterosexuals have not done very well in the sanctimony of marriage. (laughs) Please, gay couples, show us how to really love. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 58, two marriages behind me and three screwed up sons. Uh, So I'm Mm -hmm. sad for you that, uh, you know, all this ended, but... You know, there's always jokes about it's like, oh, gays are allowed to marry. Good, let them see how hard it is. Yeah, it's like they get divorced too. I hope you had fun weddings. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) oh, gee. Okay. Uh, I've always had the same stance. I don't care what you do in your relationship as long as you are not hurting anyone. I don't understand why we are constantly advertising and making it a topic when I don't really see the point of the Quebec government spending money on this. It seems like spending money on trying to get LGBTQ votes. First of all, it's it's inclusive. And I think having inclusion in in a population, even if that population is 10% of the population, which I think is what it is with the gay, trans, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the non, let's say, straight population is about 10%. Like... Why should they just be excluded simply because they're in the
2: minority? And I I know that we're, like, complaining a lot about the ad because of the context of Quebec. But the fact that there's an ad about inclusion on air is amazing in itself. Yeah, exactly. Because the Finnish prime minister said she didn't feel seen. So now, children that are in cars and they have same-sex parents, they will feel seen. That's right. But they just won't understand the geopolitical context of a racist Quebec. That's for a little bit later. (laughs) That's right. And on that
0: note, thankfully, they won't understand it just yet. Maybe they'll have to live it later, but... Uh, at this point, at least they'll feel included if they if they feel part of that uh, that community. So, <laughs> guys, thank you so much. If people want to uh, reach you, find out more about AIDS Community Care Montreal, ACCMontreal.org. All right, and what kind of uh, just give us a little what kind of work. What do we do? Yeah. So we do
2: um, HIV and hepatitis C support services. So we help uh, single mothers get groceries. We help migrants and refugees access health care. Uh, we help queer and trans youth and also uh, gay men that have substance abuse issues. We help them as well. We do a lot of stuff. Yeah, you Check do. out our you website. We do a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. Um,
0: yeah. And just one last note. Really, Dr. Lloyd, where are the gay black people then? Where is the true diversity in Quebec? Well, that's what we've been saying, right? Yeah, it's, it's like a problem. It, it <laughs> mm-hmm. is a problem because yeah. it's looking at it from a very kind of narrow, uh, narrow uh, point of view, and I don't think Andrew Shear likes the ad. Somebody else says. <laughs> Man, Fair. we could talk politics all night, couldn't we? With my LGBTQ panelists, David Hawkins. How can people find you?
1: Uh, LGBTQ2Center com. You can always check out our website or uh, find us on Facebook.
0: And they offer amazing services. I know I send a lot of youth there, so youth and seniors. Like you have seniors Indeed. groups and. Uh, and youth and support, support groups, groups for parents. trans support group, yeah. and we're
1: just starting our Vaudrey Soulange outreach program in uh, wonderful off island.
0: Excellent, excellent stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, that's it for us, folks. Uh, thank you guys for spending uh, your precious time with us, and thank you for all your texts. Uh, they really uh, make the show. Thanks to Chris Aitken and Dustin in uh, in our technical uh, support. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori batito or through my website drlori.com. Don't forget, you can always check the podcast cast there all the past shows are there you can just upload them and there they are ready for you to listen at your leisure coming up next here on cjd we bring you the ctv national news have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion